One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now save fifty percent on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Daniel Robinson disappeared on June 23rd, 2021. Daniel's never been the person to go to work for a few hours and just leave. The red flags were going up for sure. When I got to that intersection, my heart sank. Daniel's tracks didn't make a left towards home. They made a right-hand turn out in the desert. His family is desperate for answers. I just knew my son was in trouble. If he's out there riding around in that heat out there in that desert, that's very dangerous. I know the desert is just a place where bad things happen. This episode of Disappeared retraces Daniel's last known steps. The Buckeye Police Department called and told me, hey, look, we didn't find Daniel. We just have his vehicle. The car being wrecked, in my mind, I'm thinking, what if he's hurt? I was at a total stage of panic, scared beyond anything I ever felt in my life. I just want my son back. The more people who know Daniel's story, the greater the chance of bringing him home. Share on social media. Get the word out. Help find him. Have you seen Daniel Robinson? I'm David Robinson, I'm the father of Daniel Candice Robinson, who went missing on June the 23rd of 2021. Daniel graduated from um, the College of Charleston, Charleston, South Carolina. He came out to Phoenix, Arizona, where he landed his job with Matrix New World as a field geologist. He really enjoyed being here in Arizona because he get to span his horizons. He's a special child. When my son was born, he was missing his right hand. The way he grew up, his mentality, he taught himself how to play the trumpet. Some people thought that was impossible. He did the French horn, even though he did a little bit of the trombone. He played a little bit of football, doing sports like that, basketball. Everything he tried to accomplish, he did that. He was used to people saying, why were you born like that? And he'll just say, that's the way God made me. 
That's what makes him so special. He would not let anyone tell him what he couldn't do with his prosthesis. He wore it until high school. When he got to college, he says, I'm done with it. This is me. I love me. And whoever doesn't like what they see, oh well. And he just loved his friends. But he really wasn't dating. He said, there's nobody like my mom. I was like, okay. <laughs> what compelled Daniel to become a geologist is climate change. And he wanted to make a difference. In Arizona, they have to drill for water sources because it's so dry and, you know, hot out there. He tests the soil to see if the water would be drinkable, if it have parasites. And he'd been working in remote deserts. And sometimes I was wondering if, if he didn't go to Arizona, would he be missing? My name is Ken Elliott. I'm a pump technician for Weber Water Resources. On the morning of June 23rd, we arrived at the job site at 9.30, and I walked over to Daniel's Jeep to introduce myself. We spoke about a few technical aspects of the job and where we were at on the development phase of this well. It was raining fairly hard at that point. I had asked him whether or not he wanted to just hang tight and let this storm cell pass overhead before we started so we wouldn't get all of our paperwork wet. This is where things started to become odd. When I looked up, Daniel was staring off into the desert. He had a very, very distant look in his eyes. That's when he got in his Jeep and left. Must have been around 2.30. The principal of the firm called me. They had not heard from Daniel yet. I hopped in my work truck. The only tracks were Daniel's because the storms had washed all the dirt roads clear. When I got to that intersection, my heart sank because Daniel's tracks didn't make a left and head east towards the home. They made a right-hand turn and headed west out in the desert. And I thought, you know, he's so far out in front of me. You know, he could be anywhere. My sister, Davisha, gives me a call. Like, hey, Daniel's missing. One of his friends from work came over to my apartment and let me know that they couldn't find him. Daniel's never been the person to give up or to quit anything or to just walk away. So for him to go to work for a few hours and then just leave out of nowhere, didn't say anything, anything to anybody, the red flags were going up for sure. I'm freaking out. Well, that's why I'm gonna call his phone. I called it, he didn't answer. Called it again, he didn't answer. And the next time I left a message to Dane, this is mom, you know how I am. I'm worried now, I'm worried about you. I need you to pick up this phone. He didn't pick up the phone. I text him, I have the text. I say, hey son, where are you? You need to answer your phone. I remember exactly what I was doing on June the 23rd, 2021. I'm retired military. I was sitting on my back porch um, in Columbia, South Carolina. 
when I received that phone call from his sister telling me that it was well over six hours that he was missing from that job. That was problematic for me because I know Daniel, he would not go that long without saying anything to his siblings or his mother or myself. You know, he'll let us know something. We called Daniel's phone, his ring, um, and, and finally go to the voicemail um, until I guess it finally died and it goes straight to the voicemail. We didn't hear from him that whole entire day. That's when I knew something was wrong, and um, I decided to uh, report him missing. I called the Buckeye Police Department. I talked to uh, Officer Cruz. One of the biggest things that I was really happy about is that he decided to take a drive down this road called Sun Valley Parkway. He told me he was out there to look and see maybe he's stranded on the side of the road somewhere. Of course, they told me quickly they didn't find my son. You know, you find out your child is missing. Of course, I'm not going to sleep. On June 24th, I grabbed everything that I can, threw it in my vehicle, and started heading out west to Arizona. Guessing over 20-some hours, it was the hardest drive. It seemed like I couldn't get here fast enough. One thing I learned out of the military is never leave a fallen comrade behind. One of the first things I did when um, I decided to hit that road to head to Arizona to find my son was to make my son a mission. Of course, your child is missing. It can put you in an emotional state. In the military, we learn how to put those emotions at bay. He is my mission. The first thing I did is went up to the Buckeye Police Department, got more information about where he was last seen. I found out it was in the desert itself. I'm Nicole Griggin. I'm a reporter with ABC 15 here in Phoenix. I don't think people realize that here in Arizona, we're actually one of the top five states for missing persons. There's just so much desert that getting lost or being stranded in the desert, you're out there on your own. So it doesn't take long for dehydration to set in, your skin burning. The elements out there are really severe and unsurvivable, really. The desert environment in the summer is very, very harsh. It can get up to 110, 115 degrees. So you clearly have to be prepared, food, water, plenty of provisions. And the wildlife that you need to watch out for are rattlesnakes. They're territorial, they have dens. But when they come out, they're cold-blooded, so they'll typically be coiled up on a rock or somewhere in the sun to warm up. And they blend in with their native surroundings. You may not even see one until you're almost on top of it. You're not up against just the heat, the sun, the elements, but people do go out to the deserts to recreate. Shoot off guns, we're talking rifles, assault rifles. There's the risk of cartels, drugs crossing, people smuggling people across the border. I know the desert is just a place where bad things happen. I mean, I have watched many shows, of course, to to know that, you know, that's not like a hangout area. So I was worried that maybe he ran into foul play. On June 25th, Daniel had been missing for two days at this point. Buckeye police did their first aerial search by helicopter looking for him. They searched this area all around his work site and they weren't able to find any trace of him. So Buckeye police were putting up flyers in the desert and at the local airport in case people passing through may have seen him get on a plane. 
when someone is missing is very crucial to search immediately. You shouldn't have to wait. That make it slimmer um, statistic-wise, less likely you'll recover that person. If someone does die out in the desert, bodies can decompose out there and be left to bones and fragments pretty quickly. Here in Maricopa County, the MEA's office has pages of unidentified people that were in the desert, and they're still left on, uh, unidentified for, for years. With my time in Afghanistan, dealing with desert, I just knew it. my son was in trouble. If he's out there riding around in that heat out there in that desert, that's very dangerous. I wonder if he had water and things like that. So those kind of things went across my mind. The first thing I want to do is get out there to that well site. That was the last spot that my son was supposed to have been seen at. But Buckeye Police Department told me not to go into the desert, so I would take my binoculars close to the area where the well site would be at. My heart was racing, of course, and I tried to imagine myself as being my son, um, where he was staring off to. And I just need to understand what he was feeling, what he was thinking at the moment. So while my father was there in Arizona, um, I, my other sister in California, and the sister in Arizona, we were on social media trying to figure out what's been happening before Dan went missing. He deleted all of his images off of Instagram, so I'm thinking, does it mean anything? And it's just, at least for me, it was very upsetting that the police department, no one took us seriously enough to say, something's not right, he is missing. We know it may look like he just walked away, but something's not right with this. A day or so prior to him going missing, Daniel called me and he left me a voicemail. And that's the last message that I have for Daniel. If you're free, um, you can call me back if you want, but in other words, I just want to let you know regardless, I love you. And um, yeah, we could talk later. All right, bye. I didn't think about it at the time, but I didn't like what I heard. I didn't like him saying, well, Mama, no matter what, I love you. I heard it in his voice. His voice didn't sound right. And I beat myself up about why didn't I answer that phone that night. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. 
Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat, and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When I first heard that Daniel was missing, I was at work and I got a call from one of our mutual friends, a kid that had also graduated with us from college. I think it was only a day or so after Daniel was reported missing. It was just really weird to hear because I had just seen him a couple days ago. I had visited Daniel on Thursday, June 17th. That weekend when I was with him, everything seemed pretty normal as far as I was concerned. Daniel was kind of showing me around Phoenix. I had never really explored the city before, so he took me to a few of his favorite places. I hadn't seen him in at least a year. I remember he was super excited to be able to hang out together. I met Daniel in one of our geology classes together. We quickly became friends because we were both guys that liked to goof around. Daniel was a very friendly, social guy, and the last time that I saw Daniel, he did mention to me that he had met this girl. He didn't go too into detail with anything about it, but I was excited for him because I had never known him to have a girlfriend or anything super serious going on. He worked the second job where he met this young lady, and I think at that moment just was infatuated you know, on first sight and wanted to get to know her a little better, so they exchanged numbers at some point. They was texting back and forth for a little bit, I'll say just a few weeks. They did go on one date together, nothing very serious. When he told me he was going out on a date with her, I was so happy for him because I knew it was just a while since he been out on a date. So he was quite excited. And I think it was just a love at first sight with him in the beginning with her. But I told him, you got to remember, a woman likes to be pursued just for a little bit. Then if the feelings are not mutual, then it's time to back away from her. So early on in the investigation, there was this woman who Daniel was seeing that Buckeye police were told to look into and see if she has any idea on where he might be. Police eventually track her down and she says that she doesn't know where he is, that she hasn't seen him. But this woman does end up sharing with Buckeye police her last text exchanges with Daniel. What exactly does it mean that you'll never see me again? 
It kind of raised some concerns on what was his mental state at the time when he went missing. Prior to him going missing, Daniel, he would say stuff like, you have to watch out for your self-being. Sometimes you have to be able to cut people off if they're hurting your feelings and don't talk to them for a while because you have to protect your mental being instead of having somebody always hurting your feelings. Within the last month or so prior to him going missing, there's a big shift in his personality just because he's been so shut off and reserved. I didn't want to press him too hard to have him freeze up or to, you know, shut away from answering anything. But we tried to gauge and see where he was mentally, like if, if he's doing okay. I know my child was lonely. I, I know he wanted friends to talk to on a regular. He had no female companionship. All he had was his sister. And that's mainly was me and Daniel conversations prior to him leaving is just the frustration of life and COVID. You've been in the house for a whole year. And you know, all his friends are in Charleston and Colorado. He didn't have any friends there and he wanted friends so bad, just people to hang out with, talk to. It's been over a week, no signs of Daniel. Unfortunately, his family didn't have a key to get inside his apartment. Uh, police weren't able to get a warrant because they needed a proof of crime. So they actually went to the landlord to get inside to do a wellness check at this time. His apartment was an indication of where his mind may have been at the time. When I entered his apartment, I seen my son pain. I seen the stress, I seen the pain, I felt the sadness. I mean, dishes in the sink, dishes on the floor, clothes on the floor, disheveled bathroom, hairs on the floor, just chaos and misery. I lived with him since he was born. Daniel's never been like an organized person, but this was beyond even him. Like it was dirty, it was bad. Daniel's never been the kind of person to live like that. You can just see that he was clearly going through something and he stopped caring about his living space. I think Daniel just snapped. He said, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm trying to be productive at my job and my life. And every time I take two steps forward, I get pulled five steps back. I get off work and I work another job. Is it supposed to be this way? Is this is how life's supposed to be for me? He said, I'm tired for a moment. I need to breathe. I, I don't need to worry about this right now. But it's nothing in this world will make him ever dream of taking his life. I mean, Daniel never really bit his tongue on telling me anything. If he was feeling crazy or ooky about himself, I think he'll come to me and say, listen, mom, I'm having some serious issues right now. I really need your help. I really do believe that he would tell me he's having some real serious issues. I guess as, a, like, as his older sibling, I've always worried about my siblings, but I don't think he would have harmed himself. He was forward thinking the days before he went missing. He was suggesting that he was going to find another job at some point, he's going to move. He had plans to do something else, so I don't think he would have harmed himself. I last spoke to my son two days prior to him going missing. Him and his sister um, had plans to go hiking that, um, that weekend. We talked about my plan is to come up there in July to visit him. Knowing Daniel, I don't think he's the type of person that would want to run away from anything. 
He had a lot of good friends and a good family, so I think that he had a pretty good life. I was in so much pain, and I didn't know how much more I can take without knowing where my son is. The pain and the stress of seeing Daniel in my dreams calling my name. I said, God, you got to give me something. Then we received a tip, and I was excited. I'm going to find my son. Around that time of July 7th, I did get information from the Buckeye Police Department telling me there was a report of somebody calling in and saying they saw someone that fit the description of my son Daniel, but somebody who was also missing a limb. A woman, I believe, from Phoenix, Arizona, spotted someone who appeared to be my brother at a grocery store. Just something about him drew her to him. She went over to speak to the kid. He doesn't look like he's homeless. And she said that the kid said, Oh, I'm just on a journey right now, something I have to do. And she offered him granola bar, some water, you know, told him to be safe. She wanted to take a picture, like if someone was looking for him, but then the person declined, no, um, no pictures of me, please. It was the detectives uh, from Buckeye Police Department who was able to go there and check that out. But according to them, that wasn't Daniel. So it disappointed me tremendously. I just want my son back. At this point, it's two weeks in, no signs of Daniel. Buckeye police reached out to the Civil Air Patrol. It's a nonprofit with the U.S. Air Force to assist and do another aerial search for him. They showed up around 8 o'clock that morning. There's going to be a few flowers over there where my son was last seen. I was present. They just kind of zigzagged until they made their way up north. Did the search for I say roughly, they got finished roughly around 11 o'clock that morning. The next day gave me a map um, of the area that they searched. They didn't come up with anything. They came up empty. Daniel's father, David, at this point, he had nothing to go on. So David created his own website, pleasehelpfinddanielrobinson.com, hoping he would start to get information on what happened to his son. This is uh, David Robinson. I'm the father of geologist Daniel Kniez Robinson, who went missing in the desert of Buckeye, Arizona. Coming out for this live, to tell you all, I have a tip line that I'm paying for. So please, uh, I'm really desperate here trying to find my son. I'm, I'm really depending on you all to help. It was really his effort on social media, pushing the public to send any information that was helping tips come in on who may have seen Daniel. Anytime somebody have leads, I, I follow a lot of leads. I've been to Sedona, to Flagstaff, and uh, a couple other places. But I came back with um, a negative result. It wasn't Dane. Buckeye Police is a smaller police department in comparison to the surrounding cities, and they have a lot of land to cover. So David posted on the website. He asked the community for help. He started to put together these community searches out in the desert. Uh, I just wanted to come out live uh, to tell you all that I am having a search tomorrow. Uh, you guys, if you can, please come along. Uh, all the information that you need would be on pleasehelpfinddaniel.com. I was able to start my own searches that way. We put out the information about the search to the public. 
and people showed up. I'm really grateful you coming out here. Um, from the bottom of my heart, to search for my son, Daniel. The terrain is really huge and large, and I can't do it by myself. So I'm really grateful uh, for you all coming out. We have a mapping system. We have those maps broken down to grids. Say, hey, today we're searching this grid. I just couldn't imagine being in David's shoes, not knowing where Daniel's at. I can't imagine not having answers. Keep on looking for Daniel because my heart tells me to, and for the family. I always say that if I or any one of my family or loved ones ever went missing, I would want someone to do the same thing for me. I feel his pain, and I feel like I know Daniel through him. I thank everybody for searching for Daniel. I really, really, really appreciate it that they took the time out of their busy schedules to help find my son. Oh! They've got a bone there. Couldn't move, I was really stunned. It was scary because then I realized my son went missing in an area where um, things was happening, obviously. So it, it makes it really bad for me and make it tough. Um, what we're looking at is top of the skull right here and then a, a piece of vertebrae. Trying to identify to see what this is uh, compared to the human anatomy the app that I've got that we can quickly identify to see if it matches anything. I'm gonna go ahead and upload this. I'm gonna shoot a message over to the medical examiner um, and uh, we'll have them evaluate it. But I'm pretty sure this is a, okay, a small animal. Probably I was relieved. It was animal remains, but it's a roller coaster. When I go out to the desert search, for instance, every day is like day one. You go out there in hopes to find my son alive out there and rescue him. Then it gets grimmer and grimmer as the months have been passing by. David and these volunteers were out there first thing in the morning before the heat. And sadly, all these efforts, they still weren't finding any trace of Daniel. On July 19th, nearly a month since Daniel went missing, finally Buckeye police have a break in the case. The Buckeye Police Department called me and told me, hey, look, Mr. Robinson, uh, we found Dane's vehicle in a 20-foot ravine in the remote area of the desert. You know, the first thing I'm thinking, the next sentence would be that they found my son. Daniel Robinson was last seen June 23, 2021. If you have any information, please contact the Buckeye Police tip line at 623-349-6411. The Buckeye Police Department called and told me, hey, look, we didn't find Daniel. We just have his vehicle. A rancher uh, checking for his cattle out in the remote area of the desert ran into Daniel's Jeep Renegade in a 20-foot uh, ravine. The car been wrecked. In my mind, I'm thinking, what if he's hurt? I was at a total stage of panic, scared beyond anything I ever felt in my life. The airbags were deployed. The sunroof was kicked out, but still no sign of Daniel here. When he wasn't in the car, it's like a moment of relief, hope, and then dread at the same time. You could be taken out quickly in the desert. I remember seeing this vehicle for the first time the way it was, and it was very devastating. 
detective asked me, he said, Mr. Rawson, if we could stand at a distance, he said, you go over there and you can look inside the vehicle. I just couldn't move. I was really stunned. Inside the car, all of Daniel's personal items, his backpack, his cell phone, his keys. And then on the outside of the car, his clothes were scattered all around like he threw them off. And then his wallet was found inside his jeans with all of his credit cards. Is he naked in the middle of the desert in this heat? And then we learned that in the trunk there were two cases of water. You know, with his degree, he knows and understands, you know, the desert terrain a lot. You can only survive out there with extreme dry heat for very long without water. He wouldn't have left all the water, or at least if he got into the wreck, my thought is he would probably stay in the car where it's shaded and he has the water and it's more safe and contained. Daniel's car was found three miles from the well site where he was last seen. Assuming that Daniel crashed his Jeep so close to the job site, he could have very easily walked back to the job site in less than an hour. And it just makes you wonder, wouldn't you have seen it if you were doing these ground searches, if you were doing these aerial searches? And all of a sudden, here it is in this ravine three miles away. I think there were a lot of concerns that how did this car get here? It had to have been placed here by someone. It doesn't just appear out of nowhere when we've been searching this area for so long. It wasn't covered. There was, you know, there were no rocks on it. There were no debris on the car. You know, bluish Jeep out in the middle of a brownish red desert, even with it being in a ravine. I just don't believe that they would have possibly have missed that from the air. So I think the car showed back up after the searches. I had a theory that was given to me by someone at the Buckeye Police Department of what they think happened to my son. They felt like, you know, he escaped that uh, rollover without injury because they didn't see any blood in the vehicle. He kicked the glass out of the sunroof and got out. But they also believed that he had a severe head injury. And once he got out of the vehicle, he shredded his clothes because the brain injury make you feel hot. And you feel hot and you shred your clothes and he may have walked off to succumb to his injuries. If he was in this accident, he was likely really hurt, and he was out of his mind, so to speak. And that's kind of the only explanation that we saw, that Daniel maybe didn't have any idea what had happened to him. Maybe that's why he left his keys. Maybe that's why he left the water. Maybe that's why he just started walking in the middle of the desert but we don't know. Like maybe if you did get hot, you take your shirt off at least, but I don't think my brother would strip down naked and leave all of his clothes there. It, it was very upsetting because any person, whether mentally sound or not, can't walk through that for very long and get very far that you couldn't see them. There's no way my brother would have gotten within three miles of the site and you not find any inkling that he was there. This doesn't add up. One thing that bothered me the most, I had a severe head injury from IED blast. Um, that's the reason why I'm retired from the military, and I never shredded my clothes off. So when they told me that, I couldn't understand the science behind that. So that made me want to get my own investigator, get a second opinion. My name is Jeff McGrath. I am a criminal private investigator. I specialize in accident reconstruction. David Robinson reached out to me a couple of days after they found the vehicle. He felt there was something that wasn't right with the vehicle and with the investigation. The vehicle itself, as I started working my way around it, 
we noticed there was damage significantly to the right front side of the vehicle. That's probably what, what blew the airbags in the vehicle. It had to have struck something fairly large, and it had to be pretty solid to, to cause the damage I saw. Where the vehicle was laid, there was nothing around it that immediately that I could see that would have caused all the damage I was seeing on the vehicle. It didn't make sense, so it needed some further investigation. The police department had turned over the report of the airbag control module, which some people called the black box of the vehicle. When I started to analyze the crash data report, the vehicle was doing anywhere from 29 to just over 30 miles an hour, consistently all the way through up to airbag deployment. And that again takes me back to the terrain. I took my vehicle out there and I tried the same thing. I couldn't get it above 15 miles an hour. It was absolutely just insane doing it. It was too rough. When you go out there and you stand out there, you can see it's ridges and valleys and, and it's just not possible. Then I got onto a all-terrain vehicle, and I attempted it with that as well. And that thing, I got up just about 22 miles an hour. To imagine Daniel's vehicle traveling that long uh, at that speed in the area where it was recovered, it doesn't make sense. It's not physically possible. The crash data report also indicated at the time of airbag deployment, the uh, vehicle had then driven another 11 miles. So the 11 miles leads me to believe the vehicle was definitely moved after the initial airbag deployment. And there's no doubt in my mind of that. Based on the evidence that um, the private investigator gave us, I just think that maybe Daniel wanted to get away for a moment and then abandoned his car somewhere in the Buckeye area. Someone or some people found his car and just took it. Once the news was released that Daniel's missing, this is his car, they might have dumped the car in attempts to like just absolve themselves and not be caught up in a, an investigation. Because it doesn't make sense that a person could survive a car crash of that nature, rolling down the hill the way it rolled down. There was no forensic evidence of blood, nothing that would suggest that Daniel was in the car at the time of that wreckage. So it looks like it was staged there, like it was placed. Who did it, we don't know. Remember, I'm on a mission to find out what happened to my son. So I expanded my searches out to cover the area where the vehicle was found. I did receive a call from my dad. They did find this skull out there. And that was a pretty tough time. We have CC Buckeye Police has taped off the scene, and at this point, medical examiners confirmed it, and uh, we don't know whose it is. I try to keep as much hope as I can. I try to keep my emotions at bay, so it, it makes it really bad for me and scary. In my mind, I'm thinking, oh my God, a body, my child is gone. I lost it. I lost it. I went into an uncontrollable cry, and it wouldn't stop. It wouldn't stop. I hit the floor. I mean, I woke up in the middle of the night crying and calling Daniel's name. I was calling people that I know from the church to pray with me. Shortly after discovering this skull, it was determined that it wasn't Daniel. 
but the medical examiner's office thought they knew who this may have been. You know, it, it could be closure for another family. You know, just to, to find their loved one that way. My heart broke for someone, but at least Daniel helped bring someone home. So that makes me proud. Thank you guys for your prayers and support came, came um, negative for anything that's related to my son. So I'm grateful for that. So thank you guys for your help and your love. I can't imagine how emotional it would be for the family to have to continue to do these searches, wanting to find Daniel. But at the same time, you don't want it to be finding him in the desert because then you know that you have to lay him to rest. Try to get my spirits back up. It's kind of rough today. Like I say, my spirits are down um, mentally. Very hard today for me. Uh, very depressing, you know. Uh, been a long time searching for my son, but I'm still pushing it. And I thank you guys for your support. God bless you. Thank you for everything you do and all your help. So keep me going. The volunteers that's there, their mothers, their fathers, their brothers, sisters, uncles, you name it. And you know, I say one thing about them, they, they're passionate. I mean, it's hot out there and they're really looking. That's the reason why we found, found human remains. They're really passionately looking. They really care. They show empathy and things like that and stick out there with me. Mr. Robinson is so dependent on volunteers. And if I imagine it, that his son was like someone in my family, that's what got me coming out. I want to help and bring closure to him and his family. I'm here for the long haul. There's about a handful of us that come here every Saturday, so I'm not going to give up <laughs> as long as I'm here, you know. I wanted to get involved any way that I could and join them for one of the searches. The search was pretty scary, just the thought of potentially finding my friend out there in the desert, but it was definitely warmed my heart to see how many people had shown up, these random strangers that had all gathered together for this kid that they had never even met. You know, no matter what's going on in our lives, this is important. We've dedicated ourselves to this, and he needs the help. So we're there for him as long as it takes. I had an auntie, and she said, David, when would it be a time to come to your head to say enough is enough? I did all I can and just move on. Um, that was hard for me. That is still hard for me. I, I can't even get that in my brain, you know. It's not a time where I can actually say that to myself. I can't even envision a date when I'll say, yeah, I, I think I did enough, and enough is enough, and it's time for me to stop now. In September, Daniel had been missing for three months now. At this time, Gabby Petito goes missing and you start seeing these headlines on national outlets just asking for help and finding her. And you see Gabby Petito's face everywhere. You see the coverage of Gabby Petito and then you had on social media, people raising the concern that there are people of color missing across the country who aren't getting the same type of coverage. And I think that's what really brought to light Daniel's case. And Daniel's family was starting to get this national coverage that they had been seeking. At that moment, I was so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, like we, someone's actually, you know, heard our stories. All of our hard work is that's finally getting out there that, you know, he's missing. Like maybe this can really help us get this going. Every situation should be handled the same way. Um, yeah. I think um, first 24 or 48 hours is crucial um, to finding someone. We shouldn't have to depend on other stories or other cases to 
push our own story. And I'm just, I just want, we just want answers just like anyone else. I think, you know, my brother or everyone else's brother or father, siblings, whoever they may be, they deserve the same attention. Okay, and Daniel is a very special person. We hope that some more eyeballs on this case might get some more answers for you uh, as you continue your search for him. It was kind of that that really sad feeling, knowing that uh, everyone is seeing this and there's still no indication on what happened to him. What I would say for the people at home, um, to keep sending your prayers and your thoughts to our family. This kind of thing is very difficult, very hard to go through. This is something that you see on TV and you think, oh my gosh, this would never happen to my family. We're, we're different. And you can't do anything really but just hope that we get closure. We hope that we can bring him home to us. So if you see something, say something. If you know something, pass it along. I think the best case scenario right now is just finding out what happened to Daniel. And even if it's finding a body, his family deserves finding that so they can lay him to rest. Uh, when I go out to the desert search, being realistically, you know, I, I can see him surviving out there with no clothing on, you know. So I had to come to a point where I had to just be real and say, hey, David, if you're out here looking for your son in the desert, you know what you're looking for. In the end, I just feel that my son is still here. I feel that he's still alive somewhere. I can't move until you come home. I won't change my cell phone. I won't move my edge. I have to. He has to just come home. Let us help you come home. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.